black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? It's been okay. Um, I have been traveling this week. And I don't know if you, if I've ever told you how horrible it is to travel with a toddler. Like, I love my child dearly. But flying with him is just like, <sighs> it's like really testing, right? It's testing me. It's testing every limit I have. All my patience that I have is Oh my God. You know, Harrison, if you haven't listened before, Harrison's three and a half now. And he is at this stage where he wants to be independent. He doesn't want anybody to tell him what to do. He doesn't want to hold anybody's hand. He wants to do it. I want to do it myself. I can do it myself. I don't need your help. Move. And so if you hear this, you're running late, trying to run through the concourse, and you got a three-year-old pushing his bag really, really slowly and not wanting any help or my favorite eating jelly beans. And now he's on a sugar high because his Grand Lisa said it was okay for him to get jelly beans out of the sugar store. And he's now running through the concourse and you have to try to catch him before he goes back through security and you have to come back and take your shoes off again <laughs> to go back through security. In. Yeah, it's, um, it was, it was definitely, um, a very trying time. So I made up in my head that I'm going to now probably limit the amount of flights Harrison takes. And usually I try to take him as much as I possibly can, but we're going to limit it. And that was with Grand Lisa flying with us. We still had trouble and had to rope him in. This trip was uh, definitely an eventful one. Um, I thought that I was going down for a speaking event at my hometown, which I did. I did do that. And then um an event, uh, a walk for my chapter, my sorority chapter in Houston on Saturday. And I thought I would take Harrison with me in my little, you know, wonderful wagon, right? Just pack the snacks and put them in there and just walk with him doing the 5K, right? No. So of course, Delta, we land in Houston. We fly direct from Atlanta to Houston. We get there, we get all of our bags. Okay, we're just waiting. And a guy comes up to us and says, hi, are you, um, are you Miss Plenty? Yes, there's an item that was left in Houston. I mean, in Atlanta. I said, not the wagon. He said, yes, it's something that folds out. I said, oh my God. He said, I figured that that was you because I saw the three-year-old. He said, I know it's hard to travel with the three-year-old. I said, and it is. It is. And he was like, well, can you come and it'll be here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Can you come and get it? No, sir. I am leaving here and driving to another state, right? I'm driving to Deritter, a three-hour drive. I'm not, I don't have time to do that. And he's like, well, um, we can have it delivered to to uh, wherever you are in Louisiana on Sunday, if you're still there. Well, no, I'll be back in Houston the next day. So like Saturday, but I needed the wagon for a 7 a.m. walk, so, as you know, I'm not going to be able to get here in time to get the wagon. So I was sort of kind of low-key pissed that that wagon got lost. So, of course, Harrison didn't go to the walk with me. He stayed at home with Grandma Lisa. And then we ended up, you know, doing some stuff with him um, later that weekend. But, you know, in the process, we had a, a death in the family that ended up being like a, a hysterical mess. And I won't, I won't even talk about details on this on this episode. We'll, we'll wait and see what the funeral looks like. And then we'll let y'all know. But either way, I had a loss in the family. And yes, we all have people that are pretty dramaful in our family. When people die, that brings out either the best in people or the very worst in people. And um, 
I don't know. We're, we're heading towards the worst so far. So just keep us all in prayer and we, we're going to keep on moving and get through this as well. But that's how my week has been, Janine. How has your week been? I'm sorry that you had a loss in your family, but I'm not going to ask you about it because you said that you didn't want to talk about it. So we will talk about it after the funeral. Okay, so this week I did a lot of stuff. I did all the things, not really all the things, but I went to a black tie event this week. It was super dope. Um, it was fun. You know, black tie events are are kind of like my opportunity to be the social butterfly that I am. I am an extroverted introvert. So I like to be, I like to socialize and I like to network and I like to go to things, but I like to go to them on my terms. Like I don't like to be forced to go to them, but you know, the occasional black tie event where I get to get fancied up and and go hang out with some with some other people who got fancied up. I think it's fun. But then when you have events after that and then after that and after that, you would think that since I do events, I would enjoy events a lot. But no, I don't because it feels like work to me all the time. But this particular event was fun and I enjoyed myself. Um, and, you know, it was it was my like quota for the month. So now I can go back into hibernation and work and do all of the other things because I've, you know, I've had my socialization for the month, even though the month is over. We did that. And then the couple's dinner that I told you about before, we had that yesterday. And it was awesome because, y'all, we're recording on Monday today because we was busy this week. But it was awesome. We got to, like, hang out with some other couples. There were a lot of couples there this time. So it was super dope. And we chatted and like asked some questions and, you know, we had these um, like conversation cards that are super dope um, that we asked, but we asked the questions to one another in public. So it was really interesting hearing some of the answers, but like, you know, the, the couples fellowship was, was fun. It was fun. It's always enjoyable. Even Ken, remember we asked him, did he like it? Even Ken enjoyed himself. So it was, it was a good time, but like I said, it's time for me to go back into hibernation and go back to work because I've met my uh, threshold of outside time. Now we're back inside, at least until it gets warm. Well, I, I forget that I'm in hot Atlanta, but it is chilly here compared to Houston. Now, Houston was hot this weekend. Now, you can wear a long sleeve shirt there. But when I got back to Atlanta, I was like, oh, it's chilly. So we had jackets in the car. We broke out the jackets and Put them on, but so I definitely understand uh, staying in until it's warm. But that means you'll be in until June, Janine. All right. What's on our timeline this week? Okay, Nicole. So this one is really wild. So I found a TikTok page that I'm actually a little teeny bit obsessed with. But what it does is the TikTok page takes the Finstas and which are the fake Instagrams for those people who don't know and the Reddits or the hidden accounts of social media and it narrates the hidden accounts. So I found this one and I was like, Nicole, we got to talk about this. So our timeline today is all about jealousy. Now I'm going to tell you all a story. This is not the story of our let's talk through it. This is actually the story from Reddit via this TikTok page. So we don't know who this person is, but I'm going to I'm going to give you story time real quick. So a woman who created a throwaway social media account, she shared her story and here it is. She's 35. We will call her Allison. Don't know why I picked that name, but hey, her name is Allison. So 35 years old and she is with a 44 year old man who is a widower. And years ago, she did something that her husband just found out about and now she is fearful that he hates her. So here it is. She met her husband four years ago. So Allison met her husband about four years ago and she claims that it was love at first sight. He has a daughter who is now 17. So when they met, the daughter was 13 or about to turn 13. At the time, Allison posting said it was tough to deal with the fact that her husband or soon-to-be husband, had a daughter, but she dealt with it, and, you know, she really wanted to be with him, so it really didn't matter to her. So, yeah, it was difficult, but she really wanted to be with this man, so she was like, look, I can overlook it. Well, two years ago, Allison and her fiancé at the time ended up getting married, and she said that they had had their struggles, but overall, she said that they have a happy, love-filled marriage. 
She said at the beginning of their relationship, this is before they were married, she was really jealous of his late wife. Now she in the story refers to her, to his late wife as her, as his ex-wife, but we're going to, for purposes of this story and accuracy, refer to it, refer to the lady as his late wife. So she said that he had pictures all around his home of his family and friends and the late wife and the daughter and everyone, family, friends, you know, acquaintances love to talk about his late wife and how amazing she was. She said she was amazing at all of the things. She was pretty. She was smart. She just was the seemingly perfect woman. And so Allison began to compare herself to this man's late wife. She spoke to her boyfriend at the time before it was her husband about how she was feeling and When she spoke to him, he decided that it was probably best to take down some of the pictures of his late wife so that he could try to make his house feel more like a welcoming place for his new girlfriend. Well, she said that the house, Allison said that the house never actually felt like it was hers. It always felt like she was living in her her boyfriend slash fiance's late wife's home. And she didn't really like that. So after they got engaged they decided that they were going to buy their own home and that they were going to move into this home right before the wedding. She said it was super stressful. She would not recommend it, but this is what they decided to do. So during the moving process, she found boxes and boxes of old photos of his late wife, her family, the family together, friends, you know, memories, right? Well, the photos of them together and baby photos of of her stepdaughter and all of this it just it just i guess really increased the level of jealousy that she was experiencing she said some of the photos were so old that they were actually like polaroids like the old school polaroid with the white part at the bottom where you could write down the information those kinds of pictures right now you all know we haven't seen those since the 80s so these pictures were old old allison said that she doesn't know why but at a moment she snapped and What she did next was take this to a point of no return. She snapped and she decided that she was going to throw away all of the photos of his late wife. Now, she did keep a few photos or one photo of the late wife and the stepdaughter that they kept up in the house. But that was it. The rest of the photos were gone. She even decided to donate some of the late wife's items that she thought were you know, donatable. And the other items, she ended up just tossing them. She even went as far as to deleting digital photos of the late wife off of the computer. She said at the time, she felt like she'd won. The jealousy had taken over and she felt like in this moment, she won. She said she didn't know what she was thinking or what she thought that she would accomplish, you know, by doing all of this. But she said that it felt good. Like, She felt better after she did these things. Now, for the past two years, her husband hadn't noticed. Like he hadn't noticed that the pictures were gone because I'm assuming they were probably in storage or in boxes. But like he hadn't noticed the pictures were gone. And I'm assuming that he didn't. He also didn't look for the pictures on his computer. Now, here's where things turn. Her stepdaughter is about to turn 18 and her husband's mother said that she wanted to get some photos because she was going to do something for the stepdaughter. I'm assuming it's for her 18th birthday. It didn't specify. So let me tell you how Allison feels about the stepdaughter. She says that her stepdaughter is very smart. She's graduating early. She's intelligent. She's amazing. Sounds like she's kind of like her mother, but she said, oh, she also said that she's well adjusted to have lost her mother at a young age. So again, sounds like she's kind of like her mother. And She said that she cares for her stepdaughter deeply, Allison does, but she said that she never really viewed Allison as a mom. And Allison says she understands, but Allison says that it hurts her a little. So Allison is a little hurt by the fact that she doesn't have this mother-daughter relationship with her stepdaughter that she, I guess, thought that she would have. Now, like I said, here's where things went bad. When her husband's mom asked for these photos... Now, the husband is looking for them. And her husband, Allison's husband, asked her, you know, 
what happened to the photos. And Allison didn't want to lie to her husband because, you know, she wants to have an open, honest relationship with her husband. So she fessed up and told him everything and told him that she threw them away. And yeah, that she, you know, her jealousy had gotten the best of her and she decided to toss the pictures. Allison says that her husband is now very angry, as you could imagine. And she said that he's barely looking at her. He barely speaks to her. He doesn't even sleep in the same room as her. Now, Allison is now 13 weeks pregnant and is trying to figure out how to manage the stress of this situation that she created with her husband and her pregnancy. She said that her husband loved his late wife and she feels like would probably still be with her if she hadn't passed on. She says that he cries at night and he won't even, like I said, sleep in the same room as her. And she suggested that they go to therapy to try to work through this or marriage counseling. And he refuses. He's just flat out disgusted with her. She said that she's tried to explain herself time and time again, but her husband doesn't care because some of the things that apparently Allison donated of his late wife were not only super important, but they were like family heirlooms, like things that I guess he probably wanted to pass along to his daughter. So Allison says this. She was like, I know that I screwed up, but I want, you know, to make it up to my husband, but I don't know how. Obviously, you did some very permanent things while you were in a jealous rage, but we'll go on. Allison says that it's a monumental screw up. She understands that, but she's always been jealous of her husband's late wife. And she's tried to explain herself to her husband, but she doesn't think that he understands and really doesn't think that he cares. He continues to ask her how he's supposed to explain this to his daughter. So not only did he not understand the jealousy, he doesn't understand the actions that resulted in, from the jealousy. She's tried to track down some old photos. This is Allison now. She's tried to track down some old photos from other people like, you know, her family members, friends, you know, even his parents, her husband's parents. But unfortunately, there are not a lot of pictures of the late wife out there because her parents died when she was young and her grandparents who raised her have also since passed on. So tracking down pictures of this woman has presented to be a tad difficult. So Allison says that she loves her husband and she, you know, wants to be with him and she wants to fix this, but she doesn't know how. She thinks that it's the end of her marriage. And honestly, Nicole, if we're being honest, I think it might be the end of her marriage, too. What do you think? So I think that I wouldn't go to the extreme of saying it's the end of somebody's marriage. Right. I don't think it's the end of her marriage. I just think that they're going to have to get through this. Like she obviously has some very deep rooted insecurity issues. If she's jealous of somebody that's not even here anymore. Right. And of course he would still be with his wife if she was alive. They didn't divorce. He, he, she passed away. Like, so uh, if she doesn't understand that concept, I don't know what to tell her. Like, of course they will be together. Um, She passed away. He loved her. He, probably was in love with her uh, when she passed away, but he has moved on and that person will always have a place in his heart. She needs to understand that. But now she is the number one woman in his life. I don't know what made her so insecure about this issue. I don't know if it's just the fact that there's any woman that was there, but people have to understand when people have a past that past doesn't go away. It doesn't change how they once felt about that person. And it certainly doesn't change the fact that they need to be, you know, there needs to be some record of them, particularly when there are children involved. So now you have a child and you're trying to erase this child's mother from her life. Really? That's all kind of petty. I wonder what she thinking about the child when she started deleting even the digital images of her mother. I mean, that's to me just just crazy. I do think that trying to think from the perspective of the husband, I probably could get past it, but it would take me a lot because I would think, what is wrong with you? You know, um, I would demand that you got some counseling and that you figured out what, what is wrong with you. Because if you're going to be jealous of my ex-wife who's deceased, 
you're probably jealous of every other woman that's in my life, including probably my child. So let's talk about how jealous are you really? Okay, because if you could do this and hurt my child, are you also jealous of my child? And are you jealous of my mama? Are you jealous of my coworkers? Who else are you jealous of? Let me go through and see who else's stuff you deleted. Who else's stuff you thrown away? You know, just just to me, that's petty on a lot of levels. I wonder how old. Did they say how old the woman was in this uh, in the post? She's 35 and her husband is 44. She's old enough to know better. Like there's not even an excuse there. I thought maybe, you know, he was 40 and his wife passed away. So he married, you know, like a little 20 year old trophy wife. You know, something like that is what I was thinking in my head as you were telling the story. But no, not even that. Like she's old enough. You're 35, mama. You're old enough to know better. Like we should be able to say this is his past and I am his present. And this woman is deceased. And so out of respect for the dead, you leave that stuff alone. Let him figure out what he wants to do with her things, whether he wants to keep them forever or whether he wants to you know, store them and just have them for his daughter. That is completely up to him how he heals and moves forward. Now, if you think that he is not open with you or he's distant with you or you know, not being vulnerable with you, then that's another story. Like that's something like he's not ready for your marriage at that point. He's not ready for another relationship. And then that's when you should have said pump the brakes when you were dating him instead of proceeding to marry him. But you didn't. You proceeded to marry him and you didn't tell us anything about him not being ready for a relationship. Actually, he hasn't tried to look for the picture in years, right? It's been two years and he hasn't looked for them. So that proves that it's not like he's crying and sobbing at night over her picture. The pictures aren't there. So you literally did this because of your internal pettiness and insecurity. Just a shame. Yeah, Nicole, you're a little bit more optimistic than I am. I don't know that I would be able to forgive you because this is, you can't fix it. Like, and you, and then I don't know that I would ever be able to trust you again because you allowed your jealousy to get to such a point that you would do something so permanent to not only hurt me, but my child. So I don't know that I would trust you because what happens, you know, to your point, Nicole, if she's super jealous and, you know, all of a sudden something happens and you think that you know what's going on and you don't know what's going on. And now all of a sudden you didn't hit me with a car or you really snapped. Like she said that she snapped then, but like you really snapped. Now my life is really in, in jeopardy. Like, no. And then what happens when this child comes to be? What happens if, you know, her her husband has to pay attention to you know, his new like college student or, you know what I mean? Like his older daughter and they have this other child, like, and then is she going to get jealous about the way that he treats his older daughter and not the way that he, you know, and that it's not the same as the way that he treats the, their, their child together. I, I wouldn't trust her. I would not trust her. And I don't know that there's anything that she could do to, to regain the trust that I had once had in her. And to be very honest with you, Look, I understand that there are much worse things, I'm sure, than throwing away some pictures and some, you know, belongings. But like what I still don't understand the motivation outside of jealousy. What was the motivation of throwing away someone's pictures who is dead? She's not coming back to take him from you. What is the problem? Like, really, what is the problem? You will never be her. She will never be you. And I and I really feel like she should have taken the time to focus on how she can build a life with her husband, you know, that's different and, you know, special and unique. That's, you know, from the relationship that he had with his late wife. But no, instead, she was too busy trying to figure out how to throw away pictures and belongings like the level of immaturity from this situation that she displayed and the level of jealousy is just unreal to me. And I don't know that I would be able to get past it. I don't, you know, like you said, like I said, Nicole, you're very optimistic, but me and I, and I tend to be a little bit more on the jealous side, but like, I don't even know that I would do anything like this. Like, you know, I get jealous when you pay too much attention to something that ain't me, but like, this is more about just your, your morals and the standards that you have for yourself. The, the 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 man lost his wife and his daughter lost her mom. And all you can think about is these pictures. She needs to get a grip. Like real talk, she needs to get a grip because that level of jealousy leads to a whole different level of 
of danger. That's just my opinion. No, I agree with everything you're saying. The, the only thing that I that makes me think, though, that maybe they can come out of this is because it's not like she lied. He asked her. She told the truth. So it's not like, oh, I can't trust you at all. Well, you can trust what she says. It's not like she tried to cover it up or blame it on the moving people. She told you the truth and she said that she was sorry. So I think that it's going to take them some time to process everything and get over it. Now, if I were her, what I would do is I would put forth some type of effort to try to get some of those pictures. Like, hey, who were her friends? You know, trying to get some of those pictures from her friends, um, trying to get some of the, you know, work with her mom to see what her mom already has. And I would, you know, you have to, is this a point you have to put in your big girl draws? Put your big girl draws on and own your stuff, okay? And say, listen, uh, best friend of the deceased wife, I messed up. Let me admit that I was very jealous of your friend because she sounds like she was amazing. And I know I am, I can never be her and I don't want to replace her. But at, at some point in our marriage, I was very insecure. And because of that, I have misplaced a lot of the items she had. Do you have any items of hers or any pictures so that we can get things together for the daughter's you know, birthday or whatever they need to get together for? So that's what I would do. Like you have to you know, be resourceful and reach out to people that knew her, explain yourself. And try to gather, you have to put up for some type of effort for this man to see that you actually care and you actually know that you messed up. Otherwise, you can't sit there and be like, I lost all the pictures. I'm sorry. There are no more pictures. I'm sorry. No, find some pictures. Go into the cloud and find them. You know, find the pictures. Okay. That is what she should do. And I think if she took the steps, if you take Nicole's advice and you take these steps, I think that she could actually save her marriage. Well, hopefully her husband's a little bit more forgiving than Johnny. Just saying. Yeah, I hope that I hope that her husband is more forgiving than me too. But I'm not it, cause I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But let's go on. Let's go on, cause I'm working on myself. The Lord is working on me too. So until He's finished, don't do no jealous nonsense with me, cause I'll be like, oh, okay, great. Now you can take your jealousy elsewhere. All right, Janine. So are you ready to talk through some of these letters from our listeners? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so our first letter reads, Nicole and Janine. Hey, ladies. I admit it. I'm jealous of my ex-husband's wife, but I think it's because he doesn't know how to set boundaries. Hear me out, ladies. He and his ex-wife were divorced for two years prior to us meeting. They have two kids together, a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. They share custody. They spent They spend two weeks with her and two weeks with him. However... When she has the kids, he FaceTimes them to say goodnight on the nine-year-old's iPad, and that's it. His ex, Cynthia, is constantly calling to check in. She calls his phone in the morning before they go to school and at night. She always has some, quote, school stuff, end quote, to talk talk to him about. I really think she's trying to win him back because she always talks about how the kids miss him when they're at her house. I see that she also sends random messages during the day to quote, update him end quote about things, even when he has the kids. So one day I got tired of it and I went into his phone and blocked her. That forced her to call the kids on their iPads, but then she complained about him not answering her calls. He checked his missed calls and showed her that he didn't have any. It's been a few weeks now and he still hasn't checked her contact information to see that she's been blocked. Ladies, did I overstep? Should I unblock her? Do you think she's overstepping by frequent phone calls? How would you handle this? Sign a marriage. Okay, here's here's the problem that I have. And this is everyone in the situation fault. A marriage, your fault, your husband's fault and ex-wife's fault. Nobody set any boundaries. So you can't be upset at the fact that this lady is constantly calling your husband and interacting with your husband and updating your husband when there was no clear expectation set for this co-parenting relationship that your husband and this lady have. So that's partially your fault. That's partially your fault for not forcing your husband to set boundaries. And it's partially his fault for not setting the boundaries. And it's her fault for not knowing what's proper because I'm sorry, I'm I don't know that I would want to update my ex-husband that frequently. And even if we have an amicable relationship, we don't really have that much to talk about outside of the children. And if I want to talk to my children and since they have iPads or 
I think you said iPads. I can talk to them directly. Now, if I'm calling to talk to my children directly, that's fine. But I don't need to send you updates, especially not when you have the kids, because what are we what am I updating you? You should be updating me. No. So everyone is at fault here because there are no there were no clear guidelines and boundaries going into the situation. So you can't complain now because this is how things have been going. It doesn't sound like she wants to be back with him. It sounds like this is how their co-parenting relationship has gone from the start. And this is just how it's continued. Yes, yeah, she's upset because he's not answering the calls. But how much more upset is he going to be when he realizes that you not only went into his phone, but you went into his phone and you blocked his ex-wife, which it could be an emergency because what happens if something happens to his children while they're with his ex-wife and now she can't get in contact with them because you done blocked her. Did you think about it for that second that I paused? Because you should, because it sounds silly. You would feel hella guilty if something happened to one of his children and she's trying to call, trying to call, trying to call, and she's not getting through. And the reason why she can't get through is because of your jealousy. You should feel terrible. And before that happens, and before you get in a situation like the girl, Allison, go in that phone and unblock it and act like you never did this. Go back into his phone, unblock this, and act like you never blocked her to begin with. And get a grip of yourself, because what are you doing? He not with her. They got a divorce. He's with you. Now, if you don't trust your husband, and you don't trust the relationship that he has with his ex-wife... That's a different story. But this that you're doing is petty and it's immature and it's unsafe, especially when there are people co-parenting the kids. Think about the children. You don't want to be like Allison, Amerijay. Quit this and fix it before he finds out. Now, if he finds out before you fix it, you got some apologizing to do because you violated his privacy by going into his phone. And then in addition to that, you act like you didn't know what was going on when he's like, I don't know why I'm not getting your phone calls. Girl, go in there and unblock her and get a grip of yourself because it's not that serious. They have kids involved in this situation and you should know better. You are too grown to be acting like this. And yes, I'm scolding you because get a grip, really get a grip. Nicole, what do you think? So uh, I agree with several things that you've said. One, I definitely think that the boundaries have been pushed to the limit. Like there's none, right? And I think that a conversation has to be had very early in in the relationship to say, hey, listen, I don't feel comfortable with the amount of, you know, the, the amount of conversation that's going on between you and your ex-wife. Like, why are you conversing with her so often? Um, and I would, I would definitely tell him, hey, I don't want to be interrupted at dinner with her calling you, especially if you don't have the kids. And if you if it's not something that is urgent then she needs to wait to talk to you until when you drop the kids off. So wh- why is she why is she doing that? Um, secondly, I would say you know maybe she should send you a text message if it's not a non urgent update that doesn't require a reply. Hey, just updating you. The kids made straight A's on the report cards. You might want to reward them this week. That's two three sentences in a text message, right? So um, so I, I think that there are no boundaries. And when you have your ex constantly calling you every single day, even when the kids are in their presence, um, it's it, it can be overwhelming. It's like, why are you encroaching upon my time with my child? And if you're the stepmom, you also want to bond with those children there without the mom constantly calling your husband to FaceTime. You know, it's just it's just a lot. Call the kids like he does at night. And she should move on from there. I, I think he's doing it correct. And he has boundaries because he really probably don't care about the ex-wife. But the ex-wife might still have him as sort of a security blanket. Like that may be her emotional person that she still talks to, confides in for random stuff. And he's like, you know, we can co-parent together and be friends. So I don't see a harm in it. But there needs to be a conversation that says, hey, listen, um, or should have been. I'm, I'm going to preface that should have been. Now it doesn't. And I'll explain. But there need, needed to be a conversation in the past that says, hey, let's talk about boundaries. Maybe we should talk about, you know, different check-in times. Like maybe you guys have a weekly meeting to check in about the kids instead of her calling you about every single non-urgent thing that's going on. And if it is something that she thinks she's going to forget, she can just send you a quick text message um, and see if you are available to chat about that at that moment, but not call every single day. And she should be calling 
the children on their iPads. That's why they have iPads. That's why they have them. So I would encourage him to do those things. But now that you've blocked her, it's been a couple of weeks. That's probably encouraged her not to call him anymore because she probably understands she's blocked, right? She can't ever get through. She probably thinks he blocked her for some reason. And so now she has resorted to calling the kids. So I would sneak and unblock him if possible and then see if she tries to contact him because it may be that she doesn't contact him anymore now that she's she's been blocked for two or three weeks. She's probably going through the kids. Now, if the two weeks that have been blocked are the two weeks he doesn't have the kids, then obviously she, you know, he he's FaceTiming the kids at night. So she might not need to call him as frequently during the day. So you have to unblock her and just see what happens. If she stops calling as much or she's not calling as much because she's no longer used to calling, then problem solved, right? I'm not telling you you did the right thing, but that may have inadvertently solved your problem. But if she starts calling again, then you have to sit down with him and say, now don't tell him you don't don't tell him you did it, okay? Not unless he finds out. Don't tell him that you blocked or unblocked him. Okay. If she starts calling in and say, listen, babe, can we have a conversation about boundaries with your ex-wife and her household? And then you explain yourself and in a nice, loving way. Okay. No need to start an argument here. You catch more. Was it flies with honey? Is that what they say? More flies with honey. So you're going to, you know, this is like after y'all have had a passionate, intimate night. Okay. She calls, put it on him. And then say, listen, let's talk, baby. Pillow talk with him and tell him how you don't feel uh, that there's enough boundaries set. And then allow him to set uh, the boundaries moving forward between he and his ex. But uh, that is what I would do. Um, So I agree. Uh, You did overstep. You should unblock her. And is she overstepping? Yes, she's overstepping. She don't have any boundaries. So she's like jumping all in the boundaries. She's jumping all over the fence. Okay. So, uh, but that's how I think you should handle it going forward. Nicole is nicer than me. I don't blame the ex-wife because if you never set any boundaries, it ain't nothing for her to overstep or being honest. That's just how I feel. And look, that's on you. You control your household. And I have friends that have gone through this before and they're like, oh, the the baby mom calls my house all the time. And it's like, okay, but it's your house to control. Okay, I digress. I'm going to move on to our next letter. Our next one says, hi, ladies. Love y'all. And I appreciate your honesty and realness. That's why I'm writing in. I'm not going to share my name as I'm a bit embarrassed about this. I will just share that I'm from Mississippi and I'm a black woman that is about your age. Here's why I'm writing. My husband and I have been married for 10 years. We've tried to get pregnant multiple times, yet due to some female issues that I've experienced, I have not been successful. In July, one of my husband's young cousins found out that she's pregnant. She's not in a position to raise a child at 14, so she asked us if we would adopt her child, which we happily agreed to do. We also agreed that we would continue our IVF journey. Here is where the happiest moments of our life kind of turned a little bit awkward. Watching my husband care for his little cousin, taking her back and forth to her appointments, checking on her and making sure that she eats and checking on the baby made me realize not only that my husband was going to be a great father, but it also made me really jealous. At some point in my IVF hormonal madness, as I call it, I decided that I wanted the same kind of attention, so I decided to fake a pregnancy. I even went on Baby Maybe to get a fake pregnancy test, fake lab test, fake ultrasounds, and even got a fake baby bump set on Amazon. I'm now a fake four months pregnant and should be starting to show So it's time for me to begin with my first bump. Ladies, how do I pull this off without my husband noticing that I have on my bump? And how do I fake a miscarriage so that my husband doesn't find out that I've been faking it this entire time? Nicole, seeing that you're an OB, I know that you can give me some tips. I also want to hear your thoughts too, Janine. I hope you all respond. Signed, X. I, okay, I am so at a loss for words right now. 
let me let me make sure I'm understanding, Janine. So this couple adopted a family member's baby, right? Or they agreed to adopt a family member's baby. And they're also going through the IVF process, right? And she's faking like she got pregnant via IVF. But why? I'm, I'm trying to figure out the motivation behind the faking. She said that the way that her husband was going back and forth to the appointments with his cousin and checking on the baby and making sure that she ate made her realize that he was going to be a great father and also made her very jealous. But they're adopting that child that he's going back and forth to the doctor with. She saw him because she was actually probably at the same doctor's appointment. They're going to be raising. He's going to be a great father because they're going to be raising this child. So I don't understand the point of spending tens of thousands of dollars on IVF to fake it. Because eventually you're going to have to take him to somebody of appointment. Well, she's gone through four months without taking him to an appointment, it seems. Something is wrong there. Something is not right. So you tell this man you're pregnant and you're four months pregnant and he is not suspicious you ain't went to one appointment and make it make sense. Well, Nicole, I thought the same thing. But then I was thinking if he's like deep into these appointments with the cousin, then maybe he's not noticing that she's going to other appointments. I don't know. It all sounds very strange to me because... This all seems to be centered around the attention that she wants to get, not necessarily the baby. So I don't know. But she asked for your advice specifically, Nicole, to help her fake her pregnancy. Dr. Plenty, that's what she wants advice on. First of all, you're not going to give me take my license stolen for uh, giving you advice about faking a miscarriage. Absolutely not. Listen, you're going to have to own up to your husband and tell him you're not pregnant. Maybe tell him you thought you were pregnant because you were having symptoms of pregnancy, but you're actually not pregnant. So own up to him, because I'm telling you, if you start faking miscarriages and saying that you're bleeding and going to the hospital, if you go to the hospital, they will tell you you were never pregnant. They're going to run a beta ACG, which is a hormone test, and they're going to say that is zero. Okay, so stop it. You cannot fake this because if you have a miscarriage, unless you just tell him you had a miscarriage. If you're actively having a miscarriage, you're going to have to go to the hospital, right? If you had a miscarriage and you tell him you went to the hospital, he's going to be suspicious because he's going to say, why did you not call me and tell me that you were having a miscarriage? Oh my God, he's going to feel horrible that he wasn't there for you. And do you want that? I mean, listen, you're going to have to say, I thought I was pregnant and I'm not pregnant. At least say that, okay? But you should say, listen, I was insecure about how how much attention you paid to the cousin. That's what I don't understand. It's not the. It's not adding up. This is a real cousin. You're insecure about a cousin, somebody he is definitely not going to sleep with. How are you insecure about that? That's why I'm so I'm so confused by this letter. And I'm not trying to laugh at you. And I'm not trying to make you feel itty bitty teeny tiny about this. But at the same time, like girl, have you thought about this? Did you read through this letter before you wrote us? Because it sounds like. You weren't reading. You're jealous of a cousin, the cousin whose life is in shambles, that you're going to rescue her child and raise that child as your own. And you're jealous that the husband, your husband, is actually showing attention to the pregnant woman that's having y'all's child. Because now y'all are going to adopt the child. It's your child, you know, (sighs) that you fake a pregnancy. This man's probably stressed out because he's thinking, we got one baby on the way and now she's pregnant. How are we going to be afford? Both babies is probably what he's thinking in his head, because that's what I would be thinking in my head. How are we going to be afford two children? Like, should we circle back and tell this other woman, you know, this cousin that we can't help her because now we got two mouths to feed? There may be a lot of things that he's thinking about. You put this family in a crunch, your family in a crunch. Y'all are scrambling to try to make sure you can provide for two babies, knowing there's only going to be one baby. Girl, go ahead and tell this man there's no baby. I don't care how you tell him, just tell him there's no baby. The cousin's baby is the only baby that's going to be coming home with y'all. Nicole, you're nicer than me. I am not, not only, I don't have no medical license to lose. Okay. So I can tell you how I feel. And I feel like you need psychological help. I feel like anybody who fakes pregnancy needs psychological help because there are a lot of things that go into pregnancy. And the fact that you found fake tests, fake pregnancy tests, fake lab results, like that's a lot. Like you really had to do some 
digging to find this. And I went to Baby Maybe. Like, I went on to see if it was, like, an actual real thing, Nicole. And it's actually a real thing. Like, they give you an ultrasound picture from a certain amount, like, a certain month. And then you can figure that out, right? And then it will have all of your information. And they give you lab tests. Like, this is intense. This is, like, a thing. I didn't know it existed before this letter. But it's a thing. While I do think that you need psychological help, X, I also think that... There are other people clearly out here that need the same psychological help that you do. So I think that there's probably some sort of therapist that specializes in women faking pregnancies. I'm not 100% sure because I didn't do that kind of research, but you should probably find one because there's something wrong here. And it's not your husband's relationship with his cousin. It's not the fact that you can't have kids. It's just there's something that's not adding up to me. And to be very honest with you, I'm not going to say that God has not allowed you to have kids because I don't know. Right. But I will say that based on your actions, there's a reason why you're not a mother. This kind of behavior is not OK. It's very, very, very unsettling. And to be very honest with you, I think that you need to get help. And I think you need to tell him what you've done. Not only do I think that you should just say that you're not pregnant anymore. You got to fess up and come clean Hey, I was jealous. Like Nicole said, hey, I was jealous. And this is what I did. Now, X, I'm not saying that this is going to fix the situation because I don't think that we even need to be focused on fixing the situation with your husband. I think that you need to be focused on fixing whatever's going on in your head. That should be the focus because whether you like it or not, there is an actual baby that's coming into your household. And the mental state that you're in right now, I don't think is a good mental state for you to have when you have a new baby. Because guess what? When that baby comes in the household, guess what your husband is going to have to pay attention to? That baby. And are you going to do something else that's really ridiculous because you're jealous of the attention that your husband is paying to this baby? You really need to get this under control. And I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. I'm not saying that, you know, one or two therapy sessions is going to make you suddenly become more mentally stable. But I think that you should probably look into what is causing you to have such jealousy that you would go as far as to faking a pregnancy, but then going a step further to writing into our podcast to ask a doctor how to help you fake your pregnancy and then subsequently fake a miscarriage. Like, I need you to hear how bad this sounds. And if you don't think that it sounds bad, X, you're in a worse off situation than I think. And we're, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination trivializing the importance of mental health and therapy. I'm not. I am really concerned because this is not a good situation to bring a child into. I really, really want you to get help. I want you to get help. I want you to figure out what is the root cause of your jealousy. And I want you to understand what triggers this and what things that you can do. Give yourself some resources that you can understand the emotions, acknowledge the emotions, and move past the emotions without making such drastic, detrimental decisions like faking a pregnancy. That's it. And just do the work. All we're asking is that you do the work so that your child, that, you, that your husband's cousin is bringing into this world, your child will not have to suffer because you do not have control over your jealousy. This is serious. This is not like, a, hey, hey, haha, we're not laughing this time. You really need to get a hold of this. Okay, I'm done. Jenny, what did you learn new this week? So based on the last letter, I went to psychology today because clearly jealousy is coming from somewhere. So according to psychology today, psychological factors that lead to jealous personality types include the following. Now, it's not limited to the following. So let me be very clear. It includes the following low self-esteem, anxiety, moodiness, depression, passiveness, insecurities, fear of abandonment, codependency, and anxious attachment styles. So those are some things that if you notice them within yourself, maybe you should probably take a little bit of an evaluation to see if they are presenting themselves as jealousy or presenting themselves as anything that might be negative, but specifically for the purposes of this episode, jealousy, because, you know, a little bit of jealousy is cute when it's like flirting and stuff, right? But it's a whole different situation when you can't control your emotions and you allow jealousy to take over and you allow jealousy to cause you to make bad decisions. So if you have low self-esteem, anxiety, moodiness, depression, 
you know, insecurities, fear of abandonment, codependency, any of those things, you might also suffer with jealousy. What did you learn this week, Nicole? So I learned, um, and this is a, a little bit of off subject because we didn't talk about social media, but there's a Pew Research study on dating and relationships in the digital age that found that amongst those whose partners use social media, 23% say they have felt jealous or unsure about their relationship because of the way their current partner interacts with others on social media. Okay. And this is even higher for people that are younger. So listen, y'all, y'all got to get off of y'all cell phones. And if you're 40, like we are, y'all put the cell phone away. Unless you're listening to, oh, that's deep, but one of the podcasts, put that phone away. And you know, you listen to the podcast in the car anyway. So don't have your mate jealous because you're spending so much time with your, with your phone. That's all. That's real. The, let me tell you, cell phones and social media will be the death of relationships and the death of self-esteem and the rise of jealousy. Honestly, because people people like to read into stuff. I, that's real. Like, get off your cell phone because, you know, you can't control what comes into your cell phone. You can't. As much as you like to think that you can, you cannot. Anyway, Jenny, are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. Now, I like this one, but it's from an anonymous source. And it reads... Never get jealous when you see your ex with someone else because our parents taught us to give our used toys to the less fortunate. (laughs) So move on to bigger and better, ladies. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep, BWC. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.